Talking about additive manufacturing or 3D printing in the aerospace sector, many aerospace engineering and manufacturing companies shy away from adopting it owing to no short-term benefits or in some cases improper comparison parameters when weighing pros and cons. After all, it is one of the strictest industries when it comes to quality parameters and standards. The secret to successful adoption of 3D printing technology lies in three P's – purpose, patience and perseverance. Purpose – A company needs to zero in on a purpose for exploring and adopting this technology. Defining clear goals to be achieved by shifting from traditional to additive manufacturing is a must. Patience – Research is often time-consuming. Defining clear goals is a necessity, but defining time-bound goals would not be a smart move when it comes to technological research. Perseverance Continuance is a necessity, no delay, failure or setback can break. From NASA's Mars Exploration Artemis program, planning on 3D printing heavy rocket engines, to SpaceX's 3D printed custom spacesuit helmets, and Relativity Space's 3D printers churning out entire rockets. From Boeing, commencing commercial usage of 3D printing by appointing Burlock Technologies as its supplier for metal 3D printed parts, to Airbus subsidiary Sat Air's 3D printed spare part for the Airbus A320 CEO. Almost all new technological and commercial developments of space tech and aerospace companies in 2020 have one common factor, the use of 3D printing technology beyond the scope of testing and tooling. Even on the local scene, new age space tech startups like Skyroot and Agnikul are relying heavily on 3D printing technology. But that is not how it began for all these companies. They adopted the technology on a research level, applying the three Ps for years before reaping its benefits at a commercial level. Even Honeywell Technology Solutions took the plunge and it took them seven years to get an FAA certification for their first additively manufactured flight critical part six months ago. Welcome to AM Infocast with Aditya Chandavarkar, co-founder of the Indian 3D Printing Network and me, Abhishek Gokar, Marketing Head at the Indian 3D Printing Network. Our guest on today's episode is an industry pioneer with almost 34 years of hands-on experience in the aerospace sector, working on aerospace propulsion systems, mechanical systems and components, and additive manufacturing technology. He has worked with some of the biggest names in the industry, including leadership positions at DRDO and multinational companies. Introducing Mr. Vaman Kulkarni, ex-director, aeromechanical, Mechanical Systems and Components, Honeywell Technology Solutions. Mr. Kulkarni played a key role in Honeywell Technology Solutions, adopting additive manufacturing, and has worked on setting up a state-of-the-art AM facility at Honeywell, Bengaluru. Let's get to know the story behind Honeywell's journey of adopting 3D printing technology from his days at Honeywell. Over to you, Aditya. Welcome, Mr. Kulkarni, to this episode of AM Infocast. Thanks, thanks, Aditya. Uh, you, you know, it's it's a privilege to be you know chatting with you, and it's it's you've been instrumental in driving the adoption of additive manufacturing in your previous organization and setting up a state of art facility uh, as well. Uh, can you share a bit about your AM adoption journey so that the listeners can you know get a feel of how how it happened? Yeah, sure, Aditya. The journey for additive manufacturing uh, in my previous company, that is uh, Honeywell, uh, it started almost more than seven years uh, back. Uh, typically, we have a, a technology symposium uh, which happens uh, uh, in Honeywell. As part of that, uh, one of the technological topic was on uh, additive manufacturing. That's where we first uh, started exploring uh, 
additive manufacturing in India, of course, uh, in globally, in a similar thing happened about six months back in uh, US. That's where our uh, CEO wanted to establish a, a setup here in uh, Bangalore. Uh, the whole uh, Honeywell started look, looking at this mainly because of uh, the, addit- the metal additive manufacturing, which, which was enabled by many of the tech- new machines which uh, came in, and then how that can be used uh, in the aerospace uh, applications. There were other aerospace industries who were already getting into it, and uh, uh, if you want to be a, uh, a differentiating competitor in the market, uh, we should adopt this uh, new technology. Keeping that in mind, uh, we started exploring what is happening in the country. Uh, we found that there are very, very few metal uh, printing uh, infrastructures in the country. Uh, there is an Indo-German company in uh, Ahmedabad, so they had a old uh, machine. And uh, then we had uh, Wipro was just trying to get in. And then GTRE was also trying to get, but none of them had really started uh, printing any of these uh, parts. So that's where we felt that we have to start this journey completely as a fresh uh, in Honeywell. It was not an easy decision to decide on which machines we should buy. Uh, We did a lot of search to find which one is the uh, better option here. And then we decided to have an UOS uh, machine. One one is a machine, but whether do we have that uh, skills uh, available with the the people whom we had? Uh, Definitely not. So we have to also start building that uh, skills and the capabilities with the resources uh, in the company. So that was another big task because it has to be more a a self-learning journey, which we have to uh, do it. Uh, And to tell you the truth, uh, when we started printing uh, first few parts, uh, we used to succeed only one in four. That means uh, out of four parts which we print, only one used to be successful. So that has been our initial uh, phase of our journey. Uh, There is a lot of learning involved in right from selecting the right part which we want to print. And then uh, if you you take an existing design and then start printing, it may not be the best way to do it. So we have to convert that into a AM friendly part and then also have to take advantage of uh, additive manufacturing. So uh, we also have to do a lot of uh, design which is very specific for uh, additive. And the third important thing is the finished part uh, may also have to undergo a lot of uh, post-processing and how to keep that post-processing to the minimum extent. Uh, then, of course, uh, the material which you are looking at may not be possible to print directly, so you may have to choose an alternative uh, material and then whether the quality of the powder itself. So those are the things which we have to uh, learn and then build. So the capability building and then the training the resources was a big thing. So that's been our initial starting journey. And then, of course, we have gone through this journey in the last six years. We have really, one is building the infrastructure, the state of the art uh, lab, uh, which includes uh, the machines itself, as well as the the support infrastructures like the material testing infrastructures, the heat treatment facilities, so it's an integral uh, uh, part of that uh, whole setup, which we have to build. And then, of course, we have to 
have a, a trained resources to manage all these things. That's been in brief our journey, Aditya. Yeah, that's that's great to know. And but uh, you know, what were the challenges associated with using or adopting AM in your you know very critical and heavy regulated industry like aerospace, where there's a lot of qualification, there's a lot of uh, critical parts involved. Yeah, that's a great question, uh, Aditya. As I mentioned uh, earlier, the first thing is selecting the right component uh, for this uh, additive manufacturing uh, application. So that's a big task. So uh, the, the typical question which uh, the industry asks is, uh, what benefits you get out of uh, this part if it is manufactured out of additive manufacturing? Uh, whether it reduces the cost or uh, uh, it, 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 are you able to manufacture something which is not possible with the, the conventional uh, uh, machining? Uh, and will it address the timelines what we are uh, looking at? So those are the questions which the uh, industry asks. And as you rightly mentioned, uh, any aerospace uh, component, uh, it has to go through a, a certification and a qualification process, which is uh, not fully established for the AM manufacturing. So that's an, uh, another thing which we have to address. So uh, typically what we did is uh, we did not take a, a flight critical uh, component uh, for, to start our uh, journey, but we definitely took a complex uh, part, which is uh, not flight critical, but we can go through this process of uh, one is successfully printing the part and uh, proving that it, it meets the performance, it meets the durability, it meets the uh, life uh, which is required. And the second thing is go through the, uh, the certification uh, uh, process. So uh, that's been our initial, uh, uh, initial thought process. But at the same time, if you say that I will uh, take nine months uh, to establish whole thing and we don't get any benefit out of this, then the organization doesn't want to look at it. So the, the, the key thing was the selection of the right component for these uh, things. And uh, then going through this uh, process, we, we had quite a few challenges to address the, uh, the certification piece. It starts with the, the raw material, which is the powder in this case. Uh, the, the, the certification agencies typically start looking at uh, what is the uh, source of the powder and then what is the, uh, the process which is followed uh, for the powder itself and uh, what is the consistency of the uh, rum, uh, the powder, what you get it. So that's the first question which the certification agency asks. So we have to work with the powder suppliers to clearly understand uh, the process, what we follow and then make sure that there is a repeatability of the quality of the powder uh, what we get so, uh, so that we can convince the certification with the data. And the second thing is of, uh, when you start uh, uh, building that part, of course, I, I'm skipping the design part of it uh, right now, but let us say that we have a design and we start printing the uh, part. So when you start printing the part, we also have to establish the process parameters to print the part and how it varies on, uh, on a day-to-day -day basis or from printing it in different places uh, or in different uh, machines. So we decided that all the production part initially, we will use the EOS uh, or M280 as the uh, reference machine. 
and then uh, arrive at all the process parameters and then establish the repeatability of printing those uh, those parameters uh, so that we can answer the question which uh, certification agency looks at and the third most important thing is the the material properties of this uh, part so we came out with the innovative uh, way to make sure that the, the the test coupon and the part what we print are having the same process parameters so on the same build when you are printing the part you also have the uh, test coupon uh, which is built and then that test coupon is uh, uh, tested for the material properties and we have the test coupon uh, which are also of uh, different orientation it could be horizontal vertical and at 45 degrees so that we also establish that the uh, the orientation of building the part how much effect it has on the it has on the material properties so there are uh, certain things which we do it uh, stand alone for the material properties especially like uh, demonstrating the uh, creep and the fatigue uh, uh, properties uh, uh, for the material so uh, we uh, do it at room temperatures we also do it at elevated temperatures these material tests and we have established those uh, facilities uh, uh, which, which helps us to answer all those uh, certification process uh, uh, which comes in the last point is on the uh, post processing which is typically required in any additive uh, part the the first question which comes to everybody's mind is the the surface finish what we can get out of additive manufacturing so uh, for the surface finish piece of it the minimum things what we what we established is uh, doing the uh, the short pinning uh, of the part as the initial uh, surface finish process and then uh, there are still questions which uh, the uh, certification agencies were asking regarding so some of the uh, blow holes which could be there uh, in the am part typical to the, the casting process so uh, we have to address that piece of it so we have to go for a keeping process uh, although it's still a debatable question whether it is required for all the parts is it required only for the critical parts but as a as a process of getting that initial certification we did uh, go through that uh, process <clears throat> so that uh, we can answer those questions and then subsequently when we go for a go for other parts we can have comparison between the properties hipped properties as well as unhipped properties and whether it can meet so that was the, uh, the that is the thought process with which uh, we went ahead and then we could uh, Uh, get the certification uh, uh, agencies on board to clear these uh, uh, parts so that's been a typical journey but the most important challenge still remains uh, the selecting the right uh, right component for additive manufacturing and then we have to come out with a design for additive to take the all the benefits of additive manufacturing so uh, that plays a very very key role in uh, choosing the part aditya Yeah, I think that's that's really uh, informative, and you know how how the process in terms of the part selection and uh, we're looking at various aspects. Uh, moving on to more you know uh, local issues. So you know what are the gaps? Do you think which need to be addressed in India for catalyzing the adoption of AM by OEMs, part owners, design owners, and process owners? Because there's still a gap in terms of adoption in India. yeah that's a great question aditya so yeah definitely uh, in in the in the region in the country uh, there are still uh, quite a few gaps which uh, uh, needs to be addressed 
I will prioritize uh, more on the bringing a technology awareness of this additive manufacturing uh, uh, with the engineering community. Uh, that's um, the, the first one which I feel should be done. As part of that, the the the, the curriculum at the institutes level, uh, education institutions, there we that's the first place where we have to see that uh, the young brains clearly have the awareness about the 3D printing or the additive manufacturing, so that they they clearly understand the uh, understand this technology and uh, the design for additive is going to be the key thing. They have to unlearn the conventional way of uh, design for manufacturing. So to, they have been taught that uh, either whether you use a, a casting or you use a, a machining out of a bar stock or you don't use it out of a forging. They have been told that there are tools which are used to manufacture all these things and there are some limitations. And uh, when you come out with a design, you have to look at whether that can be manufacturable or not. But uh, the uh, there is a complete change in the uh, change in the thought process with additive manufacturing. As you know, there are no tools in the additive manufacturing. It's a very open uh, uh, design architecture. So you can really come out with a very, very innovative designs, which will help us in getting a better performance at a lower weight, lower cost, and then having a lower uh, raw material. So those are the things which engineers have to be taught. Uh, from the applications point of view, many of the industries are still uh, speculative about using this additive manufacturing. They hear a lot about the benefits, but when they start actually implementing, they feel that it is still not a very cost competitive uh, process. So the decision making uh, uh, becomes a bigger uh, challenge. So the, the real benefits of additive manufacturing, you will start looking at it when you completely see the end-to-end -end benefits what additive gives. Uh, if you just compare the cost of a component, what is done out of uh, conventional machining, and then compare that it what uh, additive gives, then you may not really see the, uh, the benefits. If you look at holistically, uh, start from the uh, raw material, then the, the what the uh, additive design can bring the benefits and then the advantages, and then the, the, the cycle time which is involved in, uh, in that manufacturing, uh, then the tooling cost which is uh, involved, and then of course the, the other logistic things like uh, transporting the raw material or transporting the finished products, and include all those things as part of the benefits what additive brings. Then you look at, when you look at that holistically, then they really start looking, seeing the benefits. It was a challenge for us also when we were initially putting a cost model, I think we spent a lot of time in coming out with that. Then we really started seeing that, yes, there are quite a few benefits what uh, additive can uh, bring. The third most important thing I see in the country which needs to be done is uh, from the, the raw material, which is the powder itself. There are uh, industries who are capable of producing these raw materials. And in fact, we can export these raw materials also. But many of them are not aware of the, the future uh, uh, volumes which uh, which are there in this uh, market. So they need to understand uh, a little more in detail when they start looking at the investment of setting it up. Uh, there are quite a few people whom I have come across. So they show the interest, but they are still have those questions. So 
that is something which uh, the industry uh, should be made aware of the future is going to be additive manufacturing in the next 5 years or 10 years so th there is going to be a much much bigger demand for the raw material as well as the machines uh, for the metal printing machines once the industry understands i think then they will be prepared to invest in those things and we'll be able to address uh, address that gap also aditya there needs to be a uh, somebody who should take that initiative uh, to enable uh, the uh, both the industries the uh, the process owners and the uh, and the education institutions uh, in in providing the the right uh, uh, right training and then the right uh, providing all the right type of informations that's that that's going to be the key going forward thank you i think it's it's been great having this conversation with you and, and it's really important points which the industry needs to pay attention to i think to successfully adopt this technology so thanks a lot thanks thanks aditya that brings us to the end of today's episode of am infocast stay tuned for more interesting conversations Visit amchronicle.com for more updates on additive manufacturing and follow the Indian 3D Printing Network and AM Chronicle pages on LinkedIn. Check out our new initiative on education and training in additive manufacturing, Additive Academy by visiting amchronicle.com slash additive-academy. Now, a word on our podcasting partner. AM Infocast has been created using Hubhopper Studio. Hubhopper is India's leading podcast creation platform. Using Hubhopper allows AM Infocast to be heard across various platforms including Spotify, Ghana, Wink Music, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast and more. To know more, visit studio.hubhopper.com. Thank you for listening.